FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 257 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked? Yeah, yeah, more like the podcast that is sick. (laughs) (laughs) And and possibly sick of these books. We'll get to that as we go. Um, Anyway, I of course am Jason Venable and I am joined once again by the co-hostess with the mo-mostest Georgie V and from the Intercomics podcast, Dan Cole. Hey guys. What I want to say, good evening, good evening. Or morning, <laughs> or afternoon, yes. depending on where you are. Depending <laughs> on where you are and when you listen, right? Um, <laughs> how are you guys doing? I am here. I got a new mic, hopefully no scratching, so... Yay! Yay for quality <laughs> of, 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 of sound. Maybe not quality of conversation, but quality of sound. I think we'll have quality conversation. Uh, quality of topic may be a different subject. <laughs> I feel like that announcement of a new mic is the only excitement anyone's going to get out of this issue episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, you guys want to talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> the listeners would love it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just completely changes the format. So, how about Spider Man 2? How about that issue? That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, good reveal? oh yeah yeah <laughs> i always enjoy seeing a softer side of the kingpin um <laughs> <laughs> just a collection of random anecdotes right. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is what it is it is it is <laughs> that it is Oh, you know, and not, not not to completely derail the conversation, which I'm sure we will do over and over again. But um, I was looking at this cover to Weapon X and seeing the uh, the Inhumans uh, ad, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, mm-hmm. So is that really they've already said, like, no more? So what I, I've, I've I heard did, is... So. <laughs> I, I would hope so, but I, I think it's not official yet. Oh, they, okay. They're just saying... Uh, First, first season or first series or whatever, but I think they're sort of covering their bases for when this thing tanks even harder. <laughs> well, at least Spider-Man's done well. It's it's grossed a lot of money, so yeah. swings and roundabouts for, for Marvel. Right. Yeah. What did they say? It grossed better than Batman v Superman. Yeah, you know, at least domestically. Um, it's, it's got like eight hundred and some worldwide. It's like the highest grossing superhero of the movie of the year so wow. far. Good deal. So. It's, really? Uh, it's really well, good. Well, yeah, apparently so. I just literally just read and read something about it um, grossing quite a lot, um, which is good because it counterbalances in humans. Right. <laughs> which is gonna, which is just going to be a garbage fire. Right. Um, so so let's use that to address the uh, the X Men conspiracy theorist out there. We'll go a little X Files. Um, so if you buy into the fact that. Marvel has been pushing the Inhumans because they don't have the rights to the X-Men and other media. And so they're trying to re- kind of make building the Inhumans up in the comic brand as well. If the other media, the Inhumans, just flop, do they decide, oh, well, never mind, and not worry about it as much in the comics either, or do they keep pushing? 
I think they've already started to cut the Inhumans since Resurrection. I think they're going right. to shrink it and shrink it and shrink it until it <laughs> what it was. <laughs> right, when just a side story. Yeah. yeah, I think once it completely fails to capture any mainstream attention, they'll probably be like, mm, maybe we shouldn't have done what we did. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted all those hours. Because the X-Men have started trickling in into all of the computer games, apart from Marvel versus Capcom. But like, like the mobile games and stuff, you can actually get X-Men now. And they're, they're trying like big X-Men events. No mention of the Inhumans, even though the TV show is coming. Or has it? Has it been? Re- I have no idea. Yeah, what is out now, right? Uh, next week, right? Next week. Yeah. But no one it, cares. They did the IMAX already, and yeah, not, yeah. not to good reviews. Not so well. Yeah. But I assume it made enough money to like recoup like an episode's worth, <laughs> worth of budget <laughs> at least. Yeah. What's What's it's not really surprising since the showrunner is the same guy that did Iron Fist, so. And it used to be a film. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. It already got downgraded. I'm surprised they didn't just say, oh, well, you know, in the IMAX tank, we're just going to make it a web series. <laughs> I don't understand why it's not connected to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, like, isn't that all about in here? Yeah. Oh, it's not at all? Yeah. Not even so, tangentially? Well, didn't they, like, they switched over to, like, Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, yeah. And they said that the new Inhumans show doesn't really do anything. With oh. I was like, oh, you're missing the whole point of a connected universe. <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? They've got Punisher coming out. Yes. No one gives a shit about the Inhumans. Yes. I've noticed that they literally have stopped advertising it on like, their Twitter account. <laughs> They're just advertising Punisher. It's like, Punisher's out next week or whatever. Please. Uh, that was a nice trailer, Punisher. Yes. It was. I, I'm not a big Punisher fan, but... Uh, you know, John Bernthal did great in uh, the second season of Daredevil. Like, yeah. his episodes are the best episodes. Yeah. When he did, when he was doing his Shane, or should I say, just his normal, normal, <laughs> right. normal thing. His, his sure, thing. but he was yeah. good at it. <laughs> exactly. This is true. Yeah. It was better than the rest of it. Yeah. Not enough Foggy. That's why it failed. There was not enough Foggy Nelson. That's I'm why I don't like that. You said a different word than Foggy. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> like, does Punisher normally have a lot of that? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> my goodness so um just to cut in I, I took a quick look at box office mojo for um gross for the, the the movies and you're right spider-man is the highest grossing uh superhero movie 875 76 dollars worldwide uh next highest was guardians with like 863 impressive so, yeah impressive spidey and then wonder woman's at like 816 so which is um, also good yeah it's gonna be a big year, big year for um, the cinema. Needs some good hits, and so yeah. Hopefully, Justice League by Whedon slash Snyder and um, <laughs> Thor, Thor will, will 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 hold the box office. Thor looks That's really the one fun. I'm looking forward to. Is it, Thor. it looks really fun. Yeah, it does. It looks more fun than this front cover. That's for sure. <laughs> See. I bring it back to the comics. That's what I'm doing. Right. Yep, Segway. Segway back into Weapon X number eight. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's go. The Hunt for so Weapon H part two. The, co- the cover. Can I just say that the cover is literally the same as the cover of the Incredible Hulk movie from like when I'm <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. 
You're right. That's it, funny. It's the same composition. Totally. I was like, why? Why does this exist? Um, <laughs> so, I have no qualms with the cover. It's from a film I don't particularly care for. And it's on a comic I don't particularly care for either. So, they have that in common. <laughs> so... But like it's a to me it's an okay cover. It's yeah. it doesn't do it, it doesn't do anything bad. It doesn't do anything amazing. Right. It just it, it just exists. Yeah, it's very just, nicely uh, rendered. Nice color. I do like the color. Yeah, it's not too bad. Just a lone soldier, and in the background we have our Hulkarine. Um Yeah. Hulkverine. Sorry, oh, you, Hulkverine. Can't, you can't say. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even though it sounds better. Right. Um, I, I said to Ian, Hulkverine. He went, Hulkverine. I was like, Hulkverine. He, he literally repeated Hulkverine. I was like, no, Hulk, they say Hulkverine. And he was like, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, it doesn't make sense anyway. Um, so we had a bit of a moment there. But, um, uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, who does this comic, Dan? People who should know better. No. Um, <laughs> it's written by Greg Pack and Fred Van Lente, who... These two people <laughs> clearly are doing something else at the same time as typing up this script. <laughs> uh, it's uh, penciled, or the artists would be Mark Bostel and Avion Robson. Robson, sorry, not Robson. Uh, Colorists by Frank Giamatta, um, led by VCs Joe Carmagna, and cover artist by Scan, like a copier. <laughs> Yes, a scanner. A scanner I don't think I ever said it that way. I always said it as scan, but I like it as scan. I like scan. scan. I like scan sounds like dirty. Scan. <laughs> scan. Scan. I say scan purely because he scanned the Incredible Hawks cover. <laughs> or, um... He does have and that so, photorealism thing he does. So um, I assume your listeners love the way I go through these books because I don't really give much attention to detail but there is one detail that i don't like about weapon batch h whatever it's his weird spikes the doomsday <laughs> spikes yeah. yeah i'm i'm not a big fan of doomsday spikes um but anyway so our merry band of misfits slash killers slash heroes slash time displaced mutants slash lucky one slash um, warpath <laughs> <laughs> slash everyone else. Slash uh, guy who never speaks. Right. Yes. He only flies thanks to Wiki. Um, uh, up against the Hulk Vereen, as it has been dubbed, which she hasn't got much luck when it comes to naming things, that's for sure. Um, and he's all like, Gerarg. And they're all like, oh dear, what should we do? And so what actually transpires is. A lot of old people getting their asses kicked by a Hulk, and um, people fly, get stabbed, like really stabbed. And then those claws are big. Then... <laughs> yes, yeah. those claws are. Those claws change change size and shape throughout the fight scene. <laughs> um, then there's people um, coughing. Then the Asian woman is squished, and then. There's more Hulk being... Oh, yeah, then there's the fun bit where Sabretooth gets kicked in the balls into heaven, <laughs> which I thought like, my favourite panel, I feel. And then... For some people, the... getting kicked in the balls is heaven, Dan. Don't don't discriminate. Right, yeah, if that's what you like. I said it's my favourite panel. I, know, I wasn't <laughs> saying it's a bad thing. I thought it was quite funny. Um, and then he... Um, what I can only describe as Wonder Woman's his way past Domino... Even his eyeball is 
is is reflective of bullets. Um, so she's useless as usual in pretty much every issue we've read of Weapon X. She seems, apart from near the beginning where she was capable, now she just does nothing. Um, there's no, there's no wall for her to run up in this issue. Yes, that's probably why she's so weak. <laughs> and then Wolverine tries to attempt and obviously has a bit of gallows humour as he's skewered by shorter claws. Right. I, I need to ask something about the hand. I know the claws come, come from like in between the knuckles, but there's a moment later on where it looks like, like Wolverine where it comes sort of above the knuckles, whereas here it looks like it's coming straight from inside the slits of his fingers. Right. It's very, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not seeing why. Yes. yes. Artist is... interpretation. Yes. Wolverine is baffed by our gentle giant. I say gentle. <laughs> he and basically everyone's flawed. There's one panel where, where Wolverine's underwater and we're talking about claw claw length. And you can look at his left hand claw looks <laughs> tiny compared to his right claw. It looks like giant. <laughs> yeah. It's because you can't get it get it up one up as much as the other. Clearly. True, it's, it's, it's a problem in old men. I'm mm. oh, sorry, men then, of a certain age. You know, I don't want to be ageist. What what age would that be? When do I need to stop being worried about my class? Uh, Forty-five, fifty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not long then. Not long then. No, um, I'm yeah, yeah. I got I gotta keep my eye on. I'm I'm bumping forty, so. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> just, don't read, just don't read bad comics. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, and so viewing all this destruction is our resident psychopath. Um, I forget her name, but she quotes really obvious quotes from specific. Dr. Alba. Nurse Alba. Her name is on the end. And then the striker just pointed a gun at her and everyone's happy. She's happy. He seems totally fine um, with it. And he... Apparently she knows that he knows that he knows where he's going. And I'm sat there going, okay, that's cool. And Domino's got the got the Amadeus plane dragging everyone in. Everyone, everyone's in, everyone's in the bed. I totally forgot the Lady Death Strikes in casts. It just seems so odd, weird. Like the other two Doesn't are like, it? Yeah, it just seems so odd because the other two are just in, and she's just in casts completely. Right. Oh, bless her. And they're like, we have all then, these guys' chest hanging out under the sheets. We can't do that with her. What can we do with her? <laughs> we just put her legs in some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, uh, and Wolverine surmises that because even though he was attacked by giant claws and his scar is a tiny, tiny, tiny claws over his face, <laughs> like a tiny cat attacked him. <laughs> um, no reason to lie. Like, the giant claw would not make that, would not be creating that scar over his face. His face would be eviscerated by those claws. Right. Not um, tiny scratches. <laughs> probably, he probably did it to himself. Hey, hey, his, yeah, his right, right. Hey. <laughs> to make it look like he had more damage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what we call in the industry just the tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But Lo old man Logan, being the tactical genius that he is, because, you know, <laughs> fighting off. Fighting in a Hulk is a great idea. Um, has realised that he's uh, our newly um, inspired murder Hulk is um, fighting tactically and was holding back apparently and taking out the biggest threats first. But you'd think someone who could alter the probability around them would actually be the biggest threat. But let's not talk about talk about common sense when you think about a wolf, wolf Hulkverine. And so they all moan and bitch at each other. 
And then we have to have that moment where we have to have memories from the old Hulk. And no one cares, but he gets shot in the head sort of, and then he's a bit mental. And then now we're in some sort of icy snow world somehow. Back to his dream house with his weird-eyed family. Those eyes are creepy. <laughs> like Village of the Damned eyes. And the toy, and the kid fires a toy gun, which actually is a <laughs> bullet shot, because there is no family. There's just weird-eyed men instead. They're so wide-eyed. Yeah, they are. They're so, all scared. They're so, they're so startled. And um, badass Merdivine. I'm going to get a name right by the end of it, which is better than Hulkverine, I promise you. Um, we're going to some, pop some claws, but he's like, nope, no point. I will use my superior Captain America um, fighting skills and my Namor-like hair. Yeah. <laughs> beat him beat them to death because I don't need gimmicks. And then in a tank bus, because <laughs> they've changed vehicles all of a sudden, um, the plane is now literally a bus that looks like a tank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, 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 else? they're in a base. Right? Oh, it's a base. Yeah, so it's an NSA tank black bus. site in the American Southwest. Of course. Um... Our good old Weapon X there, and still hobbling around in one cast is um, good old Lady Deathstrike. And everyone else seems totally fine, because I don't understand whose healing factor is better or worse anymore. <laughs> nope. um, and then they go into the snow, and everyone argues, and Sabretooth uncharacteristically decides that he's better than everyone else and fights. And then the best cliffhanger of probably all the books we're going to read. Right. And the best <laughs> one line that one of the books has is... Our awesome Wolverine turns up. The Wolverine, the only one we care about. Laura turns up and is like, slash, slash, you need me. I'm here. This book's going to get better now, I promise. And the end. Well, okay. <laughs> it's also the best, best panel. Of the, of, oh, yes. Of, um, best looking page. It's a full page splash. Yeah. This team needs a Wolverine will probably be the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> but, but, Dan, I, I have a question. Do you think this is going to make this book better or make Laura worse? Oh, don't say that. No, no. <laughs> Why did you have to? I wasn't. I, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Um, I, to be honest, I read it, and as soon as she popped up with uh, this team needs a Wolverine, I was like, no matter what I felt, I was like, hell yes, this yeah. team does need yeah, a Wolverine, and it needs Laura. And I think um, if. She, no matter where she falls after this whole legacy thing, if she's within this team, it it can only make it better. Because I, I feel like uh, Pac wants other characters. He's like almost given in, given up on like Warpath. He's completely <laughs> given up on Warpath. He, he wants other characters. I think he was feels like the people he was assigned to write have, don't have dialogue. And then the people he wants to write too. So if he, if he wants Laura in it, then it's going to be hopefully like Amadeus. And she's gonna be the most valuable uh, player. Um, yeah, they need the they need another like ingredient in here because it's it's pretty bland. It's like pretty one note the whole the whole right. way through. I, I feel the biggest problem is that once they took Amadeus away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The book it, and before Amadeus, it had a chemistry, which was kind of the chemistry was kind of similar to the Amadeus versus Weapon X's moral code chemistry, but it was kind of like Old Man Logan versus uh, Saber Tooth. Right. Mm -hmm. That chemistry really worked, and um, Domino was quite fun, 
But now she's just become sort of the slapstick wise ass. And Lady Deathstrike doesn't say Do words. <laughs> right. And neither does Warp and neither does Warpath. And it's kinda like, why are they even in the book if they're not going to be participating? <laughs> like literally right. participating in the in the story. And if this book just turns up to, turns turns into Laura and her merry band of slaughterers, I I would happily embrace embrace right. that. Well, you um, know, yeah, so. I I think with uh, Lady Deathstrike and Warpath, here's kind of what happened. Greg Pak was like, "Hey, Fred, you're gonna write some dialogue for Lady Deathstrike and Warpath, right?" He's like, "No, I thought you were." I'm like, ah, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two Whoops, writers. Uh, well. <laughs> two writers. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like this war. Like James. James, bless him. I'm even giving his first name. <laughs> like, like the artist can't be bothered. Like in the panel before uh, Laura, he doesn't have his mask. He doesn't have his mask. He does have his mask. He does have his mask. It's like even even the artist can't be bothered. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, Dan. <laughs> It's you put it on off panel, Dan. Come on. Yes. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> but, um, like his, 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 his dialogue there, it's the only Eagle Star joint along the trajectory that was taking after he kicked our butts. The trees could have said that and I wouldn't have noticed he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... It just I'm not saying he's a great character. I've never really cared for Warpath at all. Um... I found him quite mopey most of his career. But it's the same problem I have with Gold, which is if you're going to include characters, please include them. Just... Right, right, right. Like, this team's smaller than Gold's, and they don't... If it was just Weapon X and it was just Sabretooth and Oldman Logan and Domino, it may actually be better. Like, the, the, it may actually but, work better. But Dan, who, just... who would fly? <laughs> Domino, clearly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just run up a wall and leave. Well, Dan, all we have to do is add that into the wiki page and next right. issue she will be. <laughs> Maybe we should put in Warpath so that he has a personality and therefore there that you actually <laughs> of dialogue. Or, or we just make him a mute and that way you won't have to worry about it anymore. True. And then it makes sense. Right. Then it makes sense. Oh man, think of think if we got rid of Warpath and brought in Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe and he was part of this team. That'd be pretty awesome. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like anyone else would be um like there's so many things you could do with this team. There's so there's so much of a like dynamic that you could like, try and create, but it's like no. Like Warpath and Domino don't even talk anymore. And I'm sure that was a thing in the first couple of issues that they were like friends, or at least I don't know. It just seems I'm just happy Laura's there because hopefully it gets better. Hopefully and I, so. I don't want I don't want to think about the book dragging Laura down. That just be <laughs> horrible. I yeah I don't know I don't know if they're gonna keep with the the writing tag team. I kind of hope that you know one way or the other that someone just kind of gets a a soul kind of outline for this book and goes with it. Um, mm. I'd probably rather that be Greg Pak, but I think I would rather, I'd rather be one unified kind of script than, and I'm sure they're talking to each other, right? And emailing back and forth and, and trying to tell the same story. And I don't know who's doing what, but it, 
it does seem to have kind of lost its way a little bit in the last couple issues. Do you know what I would do? And I know this is terrible, but um, with the return of Jean uh, in December, <clears throat> I would have her just return and in her fiery annoyance cleanse the world of old man Logan and resurrect normal Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, I would do. <laughs> and, and, and and just and just and just go on from there and have this book written by Tom Taylor as well. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm fine with Tom Taylor writing all the X books. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> at least the team books, right? Any yes. of them. I don't. I mean, all new Wolverine is. Well, okay, yeah, right, right. I don't want to give him Iceman because I don't want to take. All right, yeah. So Tom Taylor, Dennis Hopeless, and Sign of Grace can write all the X books. I'd be happy. That sounds about right. Great. Knowing Alec will just get... <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it because it'll come true. So um, we'll just carry... we'll, move, we'll move on. What did you think of Weapon X uh, number eight? So I thought the, the art... Wolverine. Yeah. All right, so hey, did we just... I think we asked this question before. And I don't remember what we decided as a group because obviously our decision trumps whatever Marvel says. Um, <laughs> what did we decide about Hulkarine's adamantium? Is it like unstable? Like, how, how does that work? Because the, the, what made me think about this issue is there's that part where uh, a submariner Hulkarine is going to pop his claws and decides not to. But I was thinking, like, if he pops those big old claws, that's like one of those is the size of his hand. So right. do they grow when he turns into the Hulk creature? Or I don't know. I'm really. I mean, they have to. Otherwise, he like they wouldn't fit in his arms when he's he's regular size skinny boy. Right. Um, I mean, they're, yeah, they're um... giant. They're like the size of like his forearm regularly. Right. So to have yeah. three of them. <laughs> still hiding like he wouldn't be able to bend his elbow you right. know what i mean <laughs> I think, they go all the way up to like his shoulder yeah and i think they kind of brush under the rug address that with lady death strikes nanites or something right i think that was either them or was that us that may have been us <laughs> it may have been no no it was them with the idea of the could shape change the androids could shape change their um claws they could, okay um but I feel like does he not? I thought he just sort of the animanians inside him, crossing right. from his blood or something, and then he just it somehow formulates when he hulks out. Okay, that's, and maybe that's could, fair. Maybe I've given them. Maybe I've given them given him too much credit. Right. But in my head, it's the only thing that could work is yeah. that when he hulks out, it just covers his bones. Right. Like, I don't. I don't know if he has the claws because maybe him popping the claws there was just him forming the tips of his claws before he. Yeah, hulks. maybe so. Maybe so. So, so he also has adamantium eyeballs, apparently, right? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Does that, how does that work? Because, like, the Hulk... Is the Hulk bullet, totally bulletproof, though? Is no. the Hulk, like... No. Well, but Amadeus has been in this book before, hasn't he? Where bullets just kind of bounce off. But classically, the Hulk gets shot and it goes into him. He just doesn't care. I feel like Amadeus got shot as well. It didn't okay. just bounce off him. Or he right. took injury at least. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, this guy gets shot square in the like eyeball it. and it just bounces off with a plunk. I, I always thought it sort of just sort of bounced because like She-Hulk, kind of, it kind of just bounces off her. Yeah, true. I don't know. So, I was, But pff, does it matter? 
I just think that you could probably stab Hulk in the eyeball and it'd still hurt him. Right. Right. And and I wanna I feel bad because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on this and I can't offer a specific example. But I'm pretty sure that that so that's what that feel like when Wolverine gets I'm sorry, when Old Man Logan gets snicked by Hulkarine, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that line has been used before. Oh yeah. All the time. Like I'm I'm sure it's like a million times that's right. been used. Yeah. And why is Sabretooth like barefoot? He's, he's an old man. His memory isn't there. You know? <laughs> right? He's like, oh, I, I, didn't, I, thought, I didn't know I used that before. I thought it was a new joke. Because <laughs> when, when, when Laura came, I'm sure when Laura came about, yeah, and right? she's a bit more feral in Claremont's introduction with the character, I'm sure she stabs him and he says it. Right. I'm sure he, I'm sure he says it when a cocktail stick stabs him. I'm pretty, <laughs> much, I'm pretty sure he always says it. I don't feel like it was... Comedy gold, but it's played like comedy gold here. Like it's like, oh my goodness, let's get the laugh track. Right. Um, oh man, uh, this episode would be so much better with like closed captioning, laugh tracks, and applause, <laughs> and little sound effects. <laughs> like when he shoots him in the eye, it's like do 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 do. I think he should have said so. What that feels like after this Hulk literally used his claws to just tear him in half. Right. Because they're so big. They're so big. He could just slice him in half, and it wouldn't even matter. <laughs> and I like the little. Like the idea of Old Man Logan is like like a little rat. Like. Oh man! But I thought the art in this was okay. I think it's better than these two guys have done previously. Um, yes, I'd agree. I just don't like the creepy eyes. Right. Um, yeah. It's a, like doll-like and lifeless. I prefer the first half. Look bad. I prefer the first half to the, to the latter half. Me too. Way. Me too. Yeah. So, what, what do we care about the uh, Clayton's backstory as a crazy a soldier who lost it in the battlefield and shot his own people? Who again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like the guy has no remorse anyway. It doesn't really matter if we like him or not. I feel like he's just there. Right. Like he just beats up dudes just because he can. Because it isn't his crazy little family of death. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we want to grade Weapon X number eight? I'm going to give it to two and a half. No, no, I'm going to give it two. No half measures. I'm going to give it two because it's become really disappointing because it was such a strong book at one point. And right. it sort of slid into some sort of... This storyline could have gone somewhere, but it feels like it's going nowhere fast. Right. Um, hopefully, Laura kicks it up a notch. But never know. Yep. I have to agree with Dan. Two out of six. I don't think there's anything really egregiously terrible about the book. But nothing, nothing stands out, and it's it's just boring. It's it's, you know, three is very standard, and I, I may have given this book a three in the past for a very similar issue, but it's it's just compounding on top of itself. Yeah. Of like poor it's quality, where, where I don't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, yeah, it's kind of wearing out its welcome. Right. Um, There's nothing it's... like the art isn't particularly great. The dialogue isn't great. The story is. Lackluster. It's it's a two out of six. Okay, I'm gonna break rank barely and give it three, only so I can go down for the other comics we're about to talk about. 
<laughs> uh, I, I do think that what this book desperately needs, apart from Laura, is a new story, a new plot. Yes. Yep. Yes. It needs, it needs to murder this Hulkverine. Yeah. Or, or just wrap it up and do something else. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not going to happen. It, he's not going to get his own book. It just isn't going to. It isn't going to happen. Right. Um, so just, just kill him. And move on. Agreed. All right. Well, let's let's get the blues, shall we? We already we already have the blues. We're here. We're doing these books. Yeah. Oh, you're so miserable. We we got the X Men blues. Yeah. All right. Well, X Men Blue number zero one one. Because they they numbered it that way. Yeah, yeah, they did. They're, so like they're expecting this thing to hit triple digits. <laughs> Not a chance. It will if they renumber it. <laughs> right, right. So will this renumber to adjective list or uncanny? How does that work? Anyone that. Anyone, any book that mentions one of the cast of Blue, that's how they'll number it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, issue number 11, writer Colin Bunn, artist Douglas Franchin, inker Scott Hanna, color artist Guru Effects, letterer VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> and then uh, cover artist, we have Arthur Adams back again with Peter Steigerwald. Sure. And then they mentioned the rock and roll variant cover artist. Oh, I should have Googled Daniel that. Acuna. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't get the variant cover. I imagine it has less breasts than this one. I don't know. Rock, two. rock and roll likes breasts. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it's an Acuna. He's he's less breasts than most people. Yes. True. So on the, so the what's front on cover, this cover, we have we have Bloodstorm. Uh, holding sort of passed out demon Hank here with a bunch of smaller demons behind them as they're in, in, in like a cave. Right. Um, what do you guys think about this cover? Um, so I like the demon baby bats up top. <laughs> and, oh, they are quite cute. And I like demon the spider in the bottom baby. left. I didn't notice the spider. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um <laughs> I don't really care for the rest of it. Um, it's not bad. I like bad. his horns. I like the horns of Beast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nicely rendered. It's a good drawing. I just don't really care. I don't... Do you know what, do you know what really amazes me? That Bloodstone, Bloodstorm is even appearing in a comic after M.U. and X. That's what <laughs> amazes me more than anything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, maybe you can help us out. Because I feel like last time it was just Jason and I talking about these Hexmen. Um, uh oh, get it? We have to say that every time we say Hexman. We have to go, get it? Like the Goblin Queen did. And we get, you know, spoiler alert, this book is, in, you know, Hexman the Introduction is basically all this is. Um, but are we supposed to remember these characters from anything previously? The only one that I would even <clears throat> say yes to, but I think in, her, in here, her past is slightly different. Is Bloodstorm because Bloodstorm was from Mutant X, which was uh, a while ago. And um, was that when Hulk, when um, Havoc was in the alternate, alternate dimension, or was that something yeah. else? That's when Havoc woke up in the alternate dimension, where okay. each member of the X Men was slightly twisted. Right. Okay, that's what we we had, had thought it was. So, but everyone for... else, everyone else could be anything, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this cover is is fine, I guess. I, I like the demons more than anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. The one room has a really bad cold. Mm. He needs a Kleenex. Alrighty, so jumping into the book, uh, we pick off, we pick up where we left off with the Goblin Queen having taken out just about all of the X Men, um, and uh, only Jean and Scott are left to save the X Men and save the world from these demons. Do you guys feel like it's too easy for like Magneto to be taken out by them, or is it just the lack of there being anything metal around to <laughs> for him to utilize? It's called plot. Um, right, because he could have used danger as a projectile, right? Um, so, yeah. or evil colossus, or evil colossus. Yeah, yeah. So between I get it. between think... him and Polaris, he could just they could just own yeah. the situation, right? It was all right. surprise, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to to think? Is that they just got taken by right. surprise? Mm-hmm. We'll sure. we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Right. That's what right. needs to happen. So, um, our two. Star-crossed lovers are in a fight against the Hexmen. And... Georgie, I want to stop you right there real fast. All right. <laughs> why, why does Evil Colossus have Ghost Rider as a shoulder pad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Carry on. <laughs> I really want to know. Do you think that... Oh, no. Do you think that's Ileana? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, sh- well, according to Gold, she's weak, so yeah, shoulder yeah. pad. It's about as useful as she is these days. <laughs> right, wow, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to, to derail your no, synopsis. No, no, no. It's, it's worth asking. That's a question <laughs> worth asking for sure. I have a question then before we continue. All right. Are we getting a Hexman Halloween special? Is that why I'm supposed to care for what's <laughs> about to transpire? A uh... trick or treat? <laughs> Oh, man. I want to dress up as Bloodstorm, I guess. Who you, who are you dressing up as? Oh man! Oh um, um, God! So much to choose from. Um, pixie, I suppose. Is it Pixie? What is she called? Yes, yeah, that's Pixie. Yeah. I want to be Dead Eliana. <laughs> <laughs> you just wear wear like all black except for like you paint your face. <laughs> No. Oh, I'm flipping through this book and I totally forgot things happened. Anyway, carry on. Right. So basically, um, Scott and Jean versus the world, and they're, you know, despite them, these demons being able to take out every other super powerful mutant, Scott and Jean are able to sort of hold their own. And Jean does a good job of sort of mutating her face in every panel that she appears in. <laughs> to disguise herself from the demons. It's a yeah. psychic trick. There are, like, this This is sort of big splash page. She looks like, she looks like Bobby from King of the Hill, face-wise. Wait, wait, which one? I want to see that. <laughs> the, the, the spread where it's, it's, uh, right, what, what page number is this? It's the one where, um, Jesus, how do I even explain it? This is Magipore, the X-Mansion in the top left corner. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, all right, when Pickles is on her shoulder. No, 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 no. Well, oh, when she's like telling the start of the book. Demons. Yeah. When she's throwing demons around. Oh. Right at the beginning. Nose and hair looks all oh. funky. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you, know, have you noticed that? Oh, no. No, it's true. I thought that Lorna had fallen over more. Um, but she hasn't. 
Are they that close together? Oh, they must be. Yeah. Carry on. Sorry. So um, somehow they're able to hold their own for a little bit until Colossus gets really angry. And then we get the backstory for evil Colossus, who talks about having to go into another dimension and kill demons. And it looks like Ilyana is almost on like a, a table to be sacrificed. So that's kind of why I'm thinking maybe that is Ilyana on his, his shoulder, like he had to kill her. And, and this is her sticking around with him afterward. All right. You know, maybe. I'll buy it. Um, and then we, we go another couple panels, and then we get another backstory. This time it's Bloodstorm, who tried to steal from Dracula, but then he caught her. And Which uh, is different from a mutant next one, where, remember when Storm was turned into a, a vampire by Dracula? Yeah, right. In, that, my Bill instead, instead, of, in, in, yep, instead of turning back, she never found the cure. Because oh, right. in, gotcha. in, in Mutant X, they did, like, Iceman. You know when Iceman's powers was turned uncontrollable by Loki? Right. He never got cured then. That's why Iceman can't touch anyone. And oh, so right. in Mutant X, they use different, like, specific circumstances, but change out differently. Like, uh, Warren was turned into a horseman of the apocalypse, but instead of metal wings, he had leather wings, and he could breathe fire, and Beast experimented on himself and turned himself into some sort of, like... Stupid, right? Thing. Yeah, mutant brute thing, yeah. Yeah. But it made more, made more sense. But pickpocketed Aurora without white hair, may I add. As yeah. a child. Interesting. Yeah. I guess she got it after she changed into a vampire. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> she attacks, they shoot her off. Um, and, you know, at least Storm has a few lines in this book. <laughs> <laughs> More than in gold. That's for sure. And then as they, they fight off Storm and then Evil Pixie comes and Evil Pixie doesn't have like a different name. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like Bloodstorm and these other names, but it's just regular Pixie who they don't really explain what happened. She's just evil for some reason, so fine, she's evil. She got chased by xenomorphs. Sure. And then and then what? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh yes. This happened in um, a Secret Wars tie in when Nightcrawler was turned into a giant dog thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that one was it feels like they go with like some sort of explanation of backstory to less and less and then Nightcrawler is just like transforming suddenly and that's it. That's all that's all you need to know. Just a giant transforming thing. Yep, he transforms into a monster and Gene and Sky defend against all these guys and then they're like, oh, what are we going to do? I have it. We're going to use a light show special, which was <laughs> the worst name. <laughs> I hate their psychic report. Can I just add that? Yes. <laughs> well, I got they basically just play telekinesis bumper pool. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I love in the old comics when they would say it all the time and you could be like really cheesy about it. Like, our psychic rapport. In, in the same way that, that Scott would always be like, my, my deadly eyes. I can't, <laughs> I can't open them. <laughs> you know, in the way that Claremont would write all that stuff and like really. The totality of my psychic. The way that's like so bombastic and like everything sort of matches it works well. We're here. It doesn't work at all. Um, So they're able to, you know, catch a break and then she gets pickles to help them transport uh, to the city of Magipur. Banff panels. It's a Banff panel. It's my favorite panel because it says Banff. That's literally it. We get a Banff coming and a Banff going. Both ways. So, there, there are certain panels here that look, you know, quite nice. I really do no. like this panel of Jean 
trying to you know use her mental powers to search out like that that was really well drawn i felt like but there are panels right above it where her face changes and like i don't understand the the dips and highs of the quality of the art in this book schedule sure schedule and what Shit then we cut to the wilderness where Jimmy, other Wolverine, and Firewing Angel are searching for how Jimmy came to this, this, this plane of existence. They find Miss Sinister's crime lab, so to speak, uh, underground. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as this hologram is explaining what's happening, Angel's like, yeah, we don't need explanations. <laughs> Turn that off. It's so weird. It's such a weird <laughs> moment. How dare you explain your plot away? That's just yeah. Right. He looks so weird as he's talking about. Hey, don't believe Miss Sinister. Like th- these are the panels that I don't understand what's happening. Art-wise. The sugar panel where his wings are really stout and he looks like a dwarf. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. So then they find the blob who yeah. has been. They shine a flashlight on his penis. Yes, so that you don't have to see his, his blub blubbiness, and uh, and they're like, like, don't worry, blah blah blah. And, oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? And then cut away to Magipur again, and our star-crossed lovers are going to the sort of uh, gambling facility of the what are we calling these guys? The mutant protectors. The Raksha. Sure. Um, and they're like, hey, we need help. And <laughs> these mutants are like, Dodoy, you need help. <laughs> <laughs> and so they decide they're going to team up. And then we cut back to uh, the Goblin Queen, who wants to monologue for a while and sort of finally get some uh, explanation of the plot, which is she wants to open up you know, this, this plane of existence so that all the Goblin Queens can come so she's no longer lonely. That is so... Stupid. Just... <laughs> I think I think I speak with Bobby here. <laughs> in his, um, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> pathetic is what he uses as the word, I believe. Yes, it is the most pathetic thing. Yeah, and then from out of nowhere, Bloodstorm's like, "I feel for Beast. <laughs> I, I I know what it's like to have a master. I must free him." I... There's no foreshadowing, you know, like, all... suddenly, so sudden. Yeah. It's so, it's so, because out of the, I think they were called the five, but Bloodstone was the most interesting, because she actually had Kitty Pride as, like, her manservant, sort of Dracula-esque manservant. Oh, nice. She'd go and, she'd go and, like, drink her blood, and this Kitty, Kitty Pride would do stuff, obviously, for her, and oh. she could turn, she could turn into beasts and stuff like that, and it was a really oh. interesting concept, and here I am, looking at, Something else that's just not, just mm. not there. And that's that's where we end the book, where Beast is is captured and they're about to open this portal, and Bloodstorm's like, "I will set him free." Cliffhanger. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I will set him free before the merger verse crossover. We're done. <laughs> so what do you guys? I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot we really need to get into this book, uh, to be honest. What do, you, what do you feel overall? Not, maybe not necessarily grades, but what are you thinking art and story-wise? I did not I like the, the greatest... art. I did not like the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. the greatest problem with it is that it's a payoff to what Beast has been doing right. with the magic. And this is the worst conclusion to this, that story that I could even think of because it's just 
pointless. I know there's this whole idea of bring back things from X-Men past to haunt us with nostalgia, but do we really need the Goblin Queen and all nope. this Hex-Men business? Nope. Get it? Could, it? could he not have just been corrupted by magic without them? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a fun story. Maybe, yeah. So, Funner than this, or more fun, yes. I guess. No, no. Fun is the correct word. So, is this supposed to be Arm Blob or Ultimate Blob? That's a good question. Ultimate Blob's got a belly full of wasp in him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he ate the wasp. I forgot about that. Mm hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Hmm. Ultimate X Men. No, that was Ultimatum. Ultimatum. When everything, when all the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to probably forget that right away. Good man. <laughs> you, you probably should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't have any love for this story either. Um, I, I do feel like I probably enjoy the artwork more than I enjoy the story. Not that I really like the artwork in this book. Maybe it's just the coloring I'm liking. What are your, your takes on the, on the artwork? I did not like it. I thought it was ugly. I think there's some nice imagery, um, two, one or two panels. I quite like Sad Hank's face right at the very end, at uh, the top top right panel right at the very end. But um, all in all, I think it is ugly. I think there's panels which remind me of um, Bagley. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all right. And, and those panels make me just want to vomit slightly in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but... But I think it just it just seems ugly at all times. There's nothing that really stands out as and with this story it being all about mysticism and demons and stuff, I don't know. I feel like it should be a little bit more a little bit more. I think that's I think that's my sum up of everything to do with this book. It just needs to be a little bit more. Yeah. Alright. So oh. what are your final grades? Well real fast, since this is the podcast that goes snicked. Um uh-huh. Little Mr. Hudson there, do we have any thoughts on what his story might end up being? Like every other Wolverine before him, <laughs> um, he may or may not find out about his past. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be so glib, but it is, is it not just treading the same path every iteration? It feels ever? like it. it feels like yes. It. And throwing Miss Sinister into the mix doesn't change anything at all. <laughs> right. And, and and buddying him up with Warren, I have the personality of a spoon, Worthington, is like the worst thing you could possibly do. I don't know if they're trying to make Jimmy seem better as a character or give Warren something to do in this book. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I assume he dropped through the pole. He was taken... They're using his "we're all made by men from the Ultimate Universe" thing, and they're going to make a little army for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to fight them all, liberate them all, and then go back to his normal dimension. Oh, because okay. this, this book will be cancelled um, <laughs> in a couple of months. All right, fair enough. All right, well, I got straight up two out of six claws for X Men sure. number eleven. Dan, what about you? It's a two, but it's a very low two, as in almost like it can see one, it can shout down to one, 
and they can have a conversation. That's how close that it is to one. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're this close to giving them a fist bump between one yeah. and two. <laughs> I, right. I agree. It's a it's a low two. I do feel like, if if nothing else, I, I enjoy the color work of this book. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, two out of six. Let's just let's just move on. Yeah. Well, speaking of one claw, um, X Men Go number twelve is Colagoth, written by Martin Guggenheim, art by Luke Ross, colors by Frank Martin, <laughs> letters by Sorry, VCs Corey t- Pennant. Every time I hear his name, Luke Ross. No, Colagoth. Oh, Colagoth. Of a teddy bear or something. So Luke Ross, is that really just lacrosse? Lacrosse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the sport was. Yeah. That's why the art sucks in this issue because it's a sport. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cover by Ken Lashley and Nolan Woodard. On the cover, Kolagoth uh, has the X Men gold roster in his fist, and he's going to eat him. Um, don't don't be confused, gentle reader, that the X Men might actually feature in their own book. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. This is filler of the worst kind. Um, yes. So, because nobody demanded it, we get the backstory of Kolagoth. And if you, if you want to know what it is, read the damn book. I don't care. Um, and... I just, it's just It just sounds like they've made like a teddy bear out of cola. <laughs> and a goth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they've merged those two words. Right. Like, like he's just sat there and he's decided to, he's got like a, a, a board in front of him, Guggenheim, and he's just flinging things, shit usually, at the, right. at the board. And it just landed on Cola and Goff. And he's like, that's it. That's the name that's for the this. Name, yeah. That's yeah. the name for this creature that I'm going to do. And it's going to be a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. And it's going to deliver one of the worst books anyone will have ever read in 2017. Yep. So. And then we end with a two-page cover of Mojo getting ready for his crossover, which, uh, shocking X-Men confession, I don't like Mojo. I, I remember you said that several times. Yeah. So, I don't get Mojo. <laughs> I like Mojo in the animated series. We could hear him and, like, see him be, like, super active and melodramatic about things. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. I don't like, know. He's all right. He was all right in Excalibur and with the X babies and stuff. But oh, yeah. X babies. Yeah, read read oh, it yeah. again, Dan. Read it again. <laughs> Jason and I read X babies. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. I well, love how. What I will say about this book is I love how even the book doesn't care because it cuts immediately to merger. <laughs> like, right. It's his. This is Mojo now. No one cares about because the next thing's about Mojo. Well, so. it's like yeah, like. Cole and Goth will be back later. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His whole story is, and then I waited, and then I waited, and now it's your turn to wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Nazi. Is literally what I am. Right, yeah, yeah a space yeah, Nazi. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about the cover, at least? I, I thought that wasn't bad. It's okay, it, except I, for the X-Men are too vague-looking. They're almost too, too blurry. It isn't it? Is not sexy Mesmero pose, which is the best thing in the book. Mesmero draping himself on a table in the very center of this book. Oh me. right. Where they have a mind, where they have a mind link. Did you not? Do you not, Jason? Did you not see that 
surely that that one picture is the best thing you've seen in this book. It's the best thing about oh, this book. Oh, yeah. So that go, but that goes back to his. Uh, I won't say his first appearance. Mesmero when um when John Byrne drew him when they they meet him at the circus and he's literally like draped on the table like come get me boys. <laughs> it's so good though. Uh, Obviously, when you're reading this entire like uh, this this snooze fest, when that popped up, I was like, "That's so joyous, yes. so utterly joyous." Yeah. Did you guys catch the very blatant uh, movie ripoff uh, image of Captain America versus Iron Man as well? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they do AVX and the, randomly the Fantastic Four. Right. All oh, right. Yeah. Well. We can all agree this book sucks, right? Yes. Okay. Is anybody going to give it not one out of six claws? And why? Yep. <laughs> the thing the thing is, is um I've never been a massive fan of um Luke Ross in general. Oh, um I didn't know I don't know who Cross is. Under the yeah, he did some ultimate comics, I think it was. Okay. Um, a while ago. Um, a little while ago, when Ultimate Comics were still existing, um, is probably the best way to put it. And I don't know. I just was looking at the artwork and I was like, "Are we trying to be Diodato Junior here, bro? <laughs> with like the coloring and such forth?" Right. And I don't know. I don't know what anyone's trying to say. I know that Guggenheim has basically created created this like Donald Trump alien creature for his own like amusement. And then make him look more like him. Just, just do it, right? Just do the satire, do the commentary. I don't know. He's so bad at political commentary. Yeah. I'll just kill everyone, and then I'll liberate everyone. But one man's liberator is another man's Nazi. You know what I mean? It's kind of just. No, terrible. it's not. No, Nazis are never liberators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, that's literally what the book does. Though. That's what the comics like. Yay! Right. Yes, I'm giving it a zero. Okay. I don't even want to give it. A... Wow. Zero. I'll, anyway. I'll give it a, a, a one. No yeah. comment. All right. Needed. Cool. Let's get to two books that are actually okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Iceman and Jean Grey. So Iceman number five, um, just a great, great book. Georgie, you and I just kind of briefly said everybody should read this. Um, right. I'll say it. It hit me in the in the feels. Um, there were several parts of this that you know it's not my story to tell, but that reminded me a lot of when my brother-in-law came out and you know having a a military uh, father-in-law, kind of how that was pretty rough, and then how it kind of healed right through their story. And so as we kind of see the Bobby and his dad, and at the end he's like, "But I still love you." I don't know, that just, I don't know, it just really impacted me. I just found this book to be very emotional um, and great, great art. Yes. So I'll, let, I'll let you guys kind of elaborate as you want on that. But that was my overall overall takeaway, which is how emotional it was to me. Right. No, this artist has been amazing. I think they had maybe two artists working on this book uh, because it's coming out so so often. But the artwork on Iceman throughout every issue has been outstanding. Um, I don't know if there's a better looking book out there, uh, really. 
the the line work on his parents' faces as they're like all upset and the, like the worry and like the age is like so it's like old. They just look so old in the face and like right. worn out. It's it's amazing and how when he turns into his ice form, how like you really get the sense of the power of his abilities and how uh, like dangerous it can be when he is Iceman. I I. If this book had no story, it would still be like a, a five out of six. Like it's still <laughs> right. gorgeous. I agree. It looks fantastic. And the now does uh, this guy Vinny? No, he doesn't. Rosenberg does the colors. That's a really nice team up. Right. Really nice. And you know what? I know the tubes are kind of weird, but the redesign on Juggernaut's growing on me. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, I don't know about the tubes. I, I I don't mind the like the black inclusion in there. That's not so bad. If the tubes are gone. Right. Yeah. He uh, looks menacing, which is something that he hasn't looked in a little while. Right. right. Yeah. And I don't know, just the part, the way he kind of defeats Juggernaut, um, <laughs> just pretty great. And that double page spread with the split panel. Where he just kind of goes almost like ice supernova and punches Juggernaut into the air. That is a great double page spread. It just looks, and the color again, so from the blue to the yellow, just really dramatic. I don't know. It just, it's so good. Yeah. uh, I mean, art wise, I don't know if we could sing its praises any higher. It's wonderful. Um, and that that doesn't mean that the story isn't great because, uh, as as you mentioned, Jason, this is um, this is I felt like a great payoff to everything that's been going on with his parents. Right. Where, and it feels realistic where they're not necessarily they don't end in a good place. Right. Like his parents and him aren't hugging and like forgiving each other, but they're also not in in a situation where they're openly you know aggressive at each other either. They're they're trying to figure each other out and they're like okay we we still we're still a family and we'll figure it out but right now we we need we need some time to 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 deal with this right and i like kind of the double spin on it too that they're like when they say you're dead to me it's not exclusively about him coming out it's like no they're like the ice man wins like there's no more we don't feel like there's any more bobby like it just feels like ice man all the time and that I thought was touching too, and added kind of a layer of complexity, which you want, right? Because right. you wanted to include like the sexuality and the coming out, but also include the fact that they're still never really came to terms with him being a mutant either. And right, right. This book kind of addressing both in this big, complex, dramatic relationship that that feels real and kind of honest in that. Man, I, I don't know how I feel, but I know you're still my son, and I will deal with it, I guess. Uh, and just, I don't know, it, it, felt, it felt appropriately unresolved. Right. Yes, exactly. I don't, Dan, Dan do you have any, you want to jump in on this? <clears throat> I hated it. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I found this, um, apart from my continued dislike of Kitty Pride's. Sure. Um, skills as a friend <laughs> um, to walk out of a room in that situation even if you want to like 
just think, and I'm out. Uh, <laughs> doesn't shine home in a good light. But other than that, I feel like um, my highest highest compliment I can give this book is that it feels like an X-Men book. Sure. It feels like what everything I ever fell in love with. Not because it's some parable of like loving each other, but because it's human and it has that melodrama. And at the same time, he's kicking the absolute ass out of the juggernaut with... And it's it's not just about his coming out. It's about seeing Bobby in a, dif- in a different light, I think. Seeing him as less than a Joker, but then as a powerhouse of the X-Men, as, as one of the most powerful members. And we don't explore the fact that they explore the fact that he actually he uses Chuck Austin's idea that Bobby can turn into vapor or whatever it was mm-hmm. when Austin killed him and makes it seem actually like an interesting idea. It's quite a feat in its own <laughs> in its own right, but it's so powerful and the art is so perfectly done. The the, the some of the uh, panels of Bobby's face when he's talking to his father at the end. Yeah, and 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 color of the snow, which is so perfect and so cheesily put into the script of it's just an after effect of his power, um, which is so is so X Men uh, that the, the ordinary is is flipped as the extraordinary, and it is very powerful. And it is very moving, and his little note, his little letter. I think there's a lot of people out there that have probably written letters, not saying they're superheroes, but written letters in the sim in a similar vein. And I think it's a great sort of story to tell and it has payoff unlike everything else we've read it has payoff so even that alone should give it one mark but no but it really is quite powerful and um i'm glad that this story is being told the way it is because it could have been so um exploited i think is the best word this type of story could have been exploited. Sure. It feels like it's 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 human, it's natural, and we're seeing the side of it. And it's a nice flip that his mum is a bit more sort of like nope about it than his dad. When it's all when throughout the series so far, his dad has been the obstacle. Right. Um, and his mum has has had reservations, but not like a, a major breakdown. Yeah. So yeah, and it's be- it's just so beautiful. I keep looking through it, and I just the picture of the, them standing off with the crowd of people is just is gorgeous. Yeah. Like the Juggernaut is just huge and imposing, and Bobby just stood on his life slide, and I think it's great. Yep, I agree. And I, in yeah. why I agree, I don't really like Kitty kind of passing off the letter without Bobby's permission. I I thought the letter was very well written, you know, from Grace's oh, yeah. perspective. Just I don't know, just read really well. Yeah, I, I just want to touch again. Um, I mentioned briefly, but Dan brought up that this is a great ending to uh, this this trade, I guess, if you want to say. There, obviously, the relationship isn't over, and there's no resolution, like final resolution for the family. But as far as the first however many issues, five issues, and like a story arc, this ends like it nails the landing. Yes. And sometimes nail, nailing the landing can make the rest of the story look so great. Right. But when the rest of the story is already wonderful, it's like it's like this perfectly scrumptious like dessert, this wonderful <laughs> meal that you had. Ooh, a snow cone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. And it's great to see where it might go from here. Um as he as, as he expands into the Marvel universe and not just the X universe as he moves forward as a character. Right. So Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, awesome. Well, I so, 
I gave this book. So I felt it had this super artistic quality. And then I think when you throw in the emotional quality, I'm I'm giving this book six out of six claws. Um, I'm with you because not since the first issue has it been this powerful. Um, and so uh, it's consistently been beautiful to look at. So it does it deserves five. But I think with the emotional impact it had for me, um, I think it goes all the way to six. So there you go. I'm I'm gonna uh, buck trend here, and I'm actually gonna give it a six plus. Uh, <laughs> it's a great great book, but I don't know if you guys looked at the letter page, but they printed some awesome fan art of uh, Oh my God, yeah. Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. So, so that gets bonus points for me. That's a six plus. <laughs> I like a little quote too. Am I the only gay who hates summer? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Great. so so a- anyone who reads comics should read Iceman. Just period. Yep. Um, and uh, no, I want. I'm just sorry to jump no. in again, but Dan Dan is perfectly right. It's it's the X book. This is what X books should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine if the team books had this sort of passion and and emotion running through them? My lord, <laughs> like they would just sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Right. I, yep. Give give the team books the sense of family again, and the sense of, of like I think you said earlier, the melodrama. Just it's, yes, I don't know. It's it's just great, just great. All yep. right, well, so our other solo book is Jing Ray number seven. Um, this book has been one that I've been surprised at how much I liked. Um, this is written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Colors by J. David Ramos, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and cover by David Yarden. And man, his covers have been one of the selling points in this book, and this one's no exception. I love this cover. It's basically just Young Gene and Scarlet Witch, uh, magic versus telekinesis, I guess, but it's just a great cover. And Yarden's rendition of Scarlet Witch's new wardrobe is perfect. Yes, I do like that. Again, yeah, which I, I had. The, I also like the Phoenix esque beak coming behind Jean. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Again, wish we didn't have this big white triangle covering up the rest of the picture. Uh, but um, yeah, what are you gonna do at this point besides just keep bitching, I guess. <laughs> but um, and I also think, and not to bemoan our our point of view on the podcast, but. Scarlet Witch's new costume does lend itself to kind of excess cleavage, and I like how Yarn just kind of tames it down. Right. Yeah. So. But I yeah, that really does go down to like her belly button, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's never really had the best wardrobe. No, so. no, never. Um, anyway, I've been really loving this book, but now we kind of have this ghost of old Jean. Um mm-hmm. And she kind of meets Scarlet Witch and, I don't know, goes on a yoga retreat, basically, a psychic yoga retreat. Um, and I guess that's really all to it. Then they decide to confront Emma, and Ghost of Jean jumps into Emma, and we're going to build into this new psychic war story. Um, is there anything y'all want to add to this one? <laughs> I mean, story-wise, you, you summed it up pretty well. Um <laughs> 
all, all always spinning about Wanda it. Wanda seems insane. Wanda seems weird and power mad. Yes. <laughs> but she is crazy. I mean, it makes sense. Right. That's true. I do, I do like old Jean's sort of like distaste and disdain for her. Yeah, um, no, that was that was my favorite part of the book. Um, I, I, I hope I'm not monopolizing the conversation, but um, I think last time Jason, you and I spoke about uh, Gene, I gave it a six. Uh, I felt like the previous issue really was a nice a- end cap to the story, and I had said that I hope it's it doesn't continue on with Gene meets another person from the Marvel universe and we do the same thing over and over again. Like we'd come to the conclusion of that, and I didn't like. You know, it felt like we didn't need this chapter yeah. uh, with Scarlet Witch. Right. Um, we could have just just moved on, and so that was disappointing. And I also feel the artwork here is is a step down from what we used to be getting. Yeah, I yeah. really. And this is gonna be funny. Long time listeners of the podcast will find this an odd statement, but I'm really missing Ibanez's pencils on this book. I'm really a lot because I feel like he was doing the best work of his career on the first few issues of this and I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy about ghost of old gene. Um, I guess we'll see where it goes. I'm not excited about her return. Um, so I mean that maybe just plays into this. This is the book that kind of broke the spell for me a little bit. I had kind of gotten past my anti-gene bias because this book had been so good, and this right. this book would would double the gene kind of kind of wore me out a little bit and kind of broke broke some <laughs> of the charm that I was having with this book. Um, it was definitely my least favorite of the series. I still enjoyed it even more than I thought I would, but definitely definitely my least favorite so far of of the seven issues. I think yeah, I'd have to agree. agree. I think you can only get better with hopeless writing uh, Emma Frost. Yeah, uh, right. Right. But, um, I, I have a strange theory that this book is still going to continue, but with adult Jean, once she returns. I hope so. So, um, wait a second. You guys can talk about the return of Jean. Did I miss some news? Are we losing young Jean? I, no, I haven't heard anything about young Jean, but old Jean is coming back as part of Legacy. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, boo. boo. 13, 13 years is not long enough. It, is, <laughs> no, it never is. Old it's, Jean, especially since we're start just starting to like young Jean. Right, right. I guess redeeming her character, and now we're gonna bring back the old one. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if she resurrects like multiple man, Logan, and a few others on her return. Right. I'll be thankful for that. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. she deposits all the things that are no longer necessary. Right. And that's fair. But, yeah. um, what will be. Yeah. So anyway, uh, like I said, least favorite. Still enjoyed it, though, to some degree. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd probably give it a four out of six. Yeah, I agree. I'm at a four. There, I do like... Just speaking about the art, they they do try to portray her as like a teenager. Yes. Um, which is I, I've liked throughout this series. They've tried to do that, so that was a plus. But otherwise, the artwork didn't work for me very well. Uh, four four out of six. See, I think I think it's quite middle of the road. I'm going to go three. I don't think it entertained me that much, and I I think the art switches between too cartoony, 
Right. To like really overinked very quickly. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It, it's not like a step down, but it feels like one. You know, like that filler. I know it's not a filler issue because it well it is. It's getting ready for the big psychic war event or story. And it it just read and felt like a filler. And I just I I actually kind of hate Wanda. So <laughs> and I. And my, my like for Jean is only just because of the small Jean. So old Jean Wanda and young Jean is like a weird trifecta of hate going on in my mind. So when I was <laughs> right. reading that, I was like, no. And all I wanted to do, all I wanted was Emma Frost to slap them all silly. So we'll see what happens in the Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up this our biweekly uh, resurrection, which I guess. I guess resurrection doesn't really matter anymore, so I should probably refer to this as something else. But um, I'll I'll, I'll dwell on that. Um, but yeah, mm. we'll call it. I don't know. Post disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Maybe I'll go back to the old X marks the spot for my my old old episodes. Um, right. For the for the team books, but um, yeah, I don't know. But um, anyway. Regardless of how the books were, I enjoyed the heck out of chatting up with you guys. So, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. I nearly misheard you and thought you said you enjoyed the heck out of chatting us up. I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm taken, aren't you? (laughs) Hey, we all need a side piece, right? (laughs) You guys, I'm right here. You can just keep chatting me up as much as you want. To to be to be perfectly abundantly clear, I do not realistically believe in side pieces. <laughs> Let me just get that out there. <laughs> I feel like you've just got a really bad look. Um, right. From... <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, well, it was just a lot of fun. Um, sure. Even, even when the books are bad, I still enjoy you guys. So. Yeah. Well, we no, totally. Wait, yeah. I mean, is out of six? No. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. let's start rating each other we're gonna rate I'm, each other i'm not sure how my my looks or my artwork needs some improvement I right think. right well it can be episode by episode so this episode <laughs> no just kidding <laughs> we will not rate each other that is that is a recipe for disaster <laughs> but um well cool well georgie where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at la boy toy um See, uh, you might see me tweeting a little bit about football and sports coming up, uh, really? just because of what Trump said recently and uh, all the the protests that are going on. And my hometown baseball team is is kicking butt, so uh, the the Cleveland Indians are doing great. Oh yeah, I thought you meant the Dodgers. <laughs> oh no, I, they can lose every game. I hope they lose every every game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. And Dan, where can people find you? Um, at Gizmo151183, where I will not be tweeting about sport, or hopefully Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> but, pff, I don't know, I was between about things. Yeah. It's my three-year anniversary with, with, with Ian tomorrow, so I'll probably tweet about that. Nice. nice. Um, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. And obviously you can listen to me, but I imagine I'm hopefully not going to make an ass out of myself by assuming that a lot of your listeners listen to the Intercomics podcast. You already. should. So... If you have, a, if you don't, just just type it into Google yeah. and you'll find it all. Give it a try. I particularly enjoyed what what y'all call it the 
the sensual last episode with just you and Matt was really fun. Uh, that was such a weird moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant. Ah, oh, damn it! I meant to. Um, I meant to introduce you as the girl of the podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, stop it for saying that. No, I was joking. I was like, damn you. <laughs> He's such a manly man. Do you know? Right, that's where I'm gonna have to. I have a bone to pick with him because he had he got pampered this weekend with like his his beard was was oiled, his what? hair was shaved, and so I was like, that Wait, is well, not okay, what a man okay. does. Time out, time out. When you say his beard was oiled and what his hair was shaved, like he like someone else did this to him. Sounds like someone else did this to him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Manny, calling Manny. me the calling me the woman. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had my own beard oiler. Is that like a? Is that someone you find on Craigslist? <laughs> I don't think if you type the words beer and beard <laughs> and oil into Craigslist, you'll find anything good. Um, <laughs> probably more copies of X Men Gold, actually. Maybe, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> for the podcast that goes snicked, <laughs> as usual, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. And the most useless website is snickcast.podbean.com. But there are show notes there if you care about that kind of thing. Now, really, all my show notes are anymore is... Uh, these are the issues we're talking about. <laughs> I, used to do, I used to do timestamps and all that stuff, but I quit... That's seg- a lot of work. Yeah, well, I you quit segmenting the episode so much. So they're more cohesive, so it doesn't really make sense for me to try to like dig in and find it. Uh-huh. Anyway... Or maybe I'm just lazy. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, again, thanks, guys, for coming on. And until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And snacked.